What's up, Beano's listeners? Episode 65. Thank you all for tuning into this podcast. We had Margie Sweeney on, yo. Top 20 PR person in the country. Top 14, number 14 in Chicago. She's a PR marketing gangster. We learned a ton from her. But before that, we talked about markets. What's going on, y'all? We are continuing to stay at these all-time record highs. The Fed delivered an interest rate cut this week. Rates continue to go lower. I continue to say the same thing, y'all. It's time to borrow that money and buy yourself a piece of real estate. This is the time. But we could have a bubble prick coming with this Saudi Arabia thing. I don't think most people understand. We almost went to war this week, y'all. But the fact is, we didn't. And so I think this means oil is going to go higher. Yup, $100 a barrel, maybe. I think it's a big risk to our our booming economy right now. The fact that Saudi Arabia and the USA did nothing after Iran has now hit Saudi and the U.S. four different times. Remember those two ships? Remember the U.S. drone? And now this act of war by blowing up Aramco. Um, yeah, I think there's more to come, and I think it's going to be bad for oil prices until we finally agree with something with Iran. So yeah, that's what we had. And then we hit up vaping, uh, which is great because Margie is like a top PR marketing person for the cannabis industry. So this is right up her alley. We get her take on what's up with vaping, especially with cannabis oils. Uh, sit back, relax, enjoy the episode. Peace, y'all. Interesting analogy, because you know he actually got a worse punishment in prison sentence than any of the NFL players who beat their wives. Who's he? Oh, Vic. <laughs> Michael Vic did, yeah. Did he really work? Yeah, yeah so apparently the dogs, there is right. worse punishment if you beat a dog than if you beat a, a human being. You know, Jeff Tack, <laughs> he he said something like this too, your, hus- yeah. your husband. Actually, he- boyfriend. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I'm we, sorry. We celebrate 15 years in February. Get out of here. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why I thought maybe maybe significant other yeah. is, is how it referred. 15 years. And I jumped to husband, wife. I'm sorry. No. Um, so your partner. Can I say that? Sure. Okay. Yeah. Jeff, your partner said um, that a person can get up to 10 years for stealing a car, Grand Theft Auto, versus murder. They might get less time than that. Yeah, yeah, that's what he said, and I was like, "What?" I never ended up looking it up. Well, I think that's what he said. Maybe I got it wrong. Doesn't that sound crazy? <clears throat> no, actually, I, I listened to the podcast where he said that. <laughs> so Thank you. Fix it. I, I remember that, and he was referring to the white cops who shot Laquan McDonald on yes, the south side, you're right. who got he gave a very, that. very light punishment, and so, and that was murder. You know, if you, he was wow. found guilty and given a very light sentence, much, much less than like people are people are in jail for smoking weed for less time than that guy. Yeah. So. And I was, by the way, that reminds me of how um, I've been hearing that, hey, could, um, feel free to grab any of these if you want. <laughs> sure. Uh, I may do that. Yeah. Uh, I was hearing how, um, could, you know, could, I was listening to something, they're like, hey, could getting a cannabis license, which I can't wait to hear your opinion on this. Yeah. Getting yeah. a cannabis license, mm-hmm. like if you're a cannabis dealer, um, and the money you have to pay for that, could that money be used as drug war reparations? That's mean, an interesting idea. Right? Meaning yeah. like all these people who are in jail right now for yeah. marijuana or whatever or whatever other drug offenses, could they be given, you know, now that everything's legal? So, yeah. And, and actually, Illinois has been given a lot of credit for doing some great things along those lines. So what they're, um, they're issuing social equity credit. Mm. So it is much... Social equity. That's cool. Yeah. And you, so it is easier to get a license to have a cannabis company, particularly like a retail dispensary. If you come from a neighborhood that has been more affected by the war on drugs in a negative way than other neighborhoods. 
And so they have looked at like Chicago zip codes. And if you come from one of the zip codes that has been negatively affected by the war on drugs, so mostly traditionally black and Hispanic neighborhoods. Right. Um, if you have lived in one of those neighborhoods for a certain amount of time, I don't want to get into the details because I'm sure I'll get them wrong, but you are considered a social equity applicant. And a lot of other states around the nation are looking at Illinois as being very progressive in that way. And, you know, we'll see how it plays out. Something, something sounds cool about that. Yeah. Something also doesn't feel right about that. From the perspective of, like... um. Look, getting stoned yeah. still has an impact on the human brain and on human behavior. Getting, getting kind of high or buzz, great. Mm-hmm. But getting stoned can kind of person up. <laughs> so, like, if, if it's way easier for Englewood, let's say, to get a bunch of cannabis dispensaries, uh-huh. now you have a cannabis store on every corner in Englewood. <laughs> Something doesn't sound right about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, if that's the way it was worked, that definitely would not be right. Social equity <laughs> yeah, is not yeah, like no, let's really no, destroy the, the object is not to put a bunch of uh, recreational cannabis shops just not. in just in challenged neighborhoods. That's I hope not. Opposite is true. It's actually the ownership. It's saying we want people from these neighborhoods to be able to create wealth and to create like through cannabis. People, yeah, people are talking about this is going to create hundreds of black millionaires. For example, uh, it doesn't matter where that dispensary goes. So you could put that dispensary in, you know, they could put it in Bucktown and put it in the, on the north side got of it. Chicago. So the owner might be living in Englewood, but he can yeah. own the cannabis store elsewhere. Exactly. Oh, so it's okay. to create ownership and got wealth it, among it. people from these communities that have had <sighs> challenges for doing that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. With that, let's get started. Welcome to Business News and Other Shit. What a great way to start this podcast. You jumped right in. So you know your shit there, Margie. You know your cannabis. Uh, that's that's I guess who I am now. <laughs> <laughs> well, so listeners, uh, we have Margie Sweeney here with her amazing daughter Maddie Sweeney. Did I get that right? Awesome. We don't have Maddie yeah. mic'd up, but that's cool. <laughs> um, thank you for coming, guys. Yeah, happy to be here. Thank you for having me. And you are a uh, you're you're kind of a PR marketing guru, especially in. Illinois, like very, very in in our in our specific industries, I like to think so. So I saw on yeah. your footer of your email something like, you know, number thirteen or fourteen PR marketing firm. That, yeah. Is that I see that right? Yeah. So you're like yeah. one of the top PR marketing. Firm. Is that in Illinois? Is that where in the U.S.? So we're number fourteen in Chicago. In Chicago, and then we are. That is nothing to sneeze at. It, uh, on the O'Dwyer's list. So it's, what's the O'Dwyer's list? So you said it, it like you said it like something important. Yeah, and like Amr should know, know this. Know. I'm like, what is that? No idea. Yeah, in the PR industry, the O'Dwyer's list is is pretty the respected. The list. Okay, actually, yeah. and you're on it. Yeah. Ooh, what number? Yeah. Well, we're 14 in Chicago, and we're in the top 20 nationally for financial services. So. Get the F out of here. Yeah. That's a big deal. Yeah. How long have you been in business? Eight years. Eight years. Eight years? Eight years. That's pretty good. That's John Dolder, guys, assistant producer. Hello. He is not depressed. <laughs> That's just how he sounds. Yep. Just sound like, uh, what, Droopy? Was Droopy. It? Yeah, Droopy. Droopy. <laughs> Was, that was one of the dwarves, right? Droopy. Oh, I don't know. Oh, Something the dwarves? Like I yeah. pictured should have been. I, should have I, I pictured been. Droopy. Yeah. Definitely yeah. should have been a dwarf. Maybe. Yeah. I pictured the ejaculation on There's Something About Mary, her ear, when oh, you God. said Droopy. Do you guys remember that scene? Ejaculation on the yeah. It seems. It was semen or sperm from Ben Stiller. Do you remember this movie, John? Did you watch it? I don't. I didn't know this was in my children's cartoons. <laughs> that was <laughs> 10 years ago. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. 10 years ago, you were 12 years old, right? Yeah, you were probably yeah. sneaking out to watch that movie and giggling oh. about it with your yeah, friends. Yeah, I was, I was probably watching it on the internet while my parents were still at work. There so. you yes, go. Yes, yeah. yes. Sounds exactly right. 
Um, I, but, I was sneaking off to start a company. So yeah, eight fun. years ago, right? Yeah. <laughs> so wow. So on the O'Dwyer's list, and mm-hmm. uh, so publicly, so Chicago and nationally. Yeah. So our company name is Accrete, and um, it means uh, Accrete is like accretion, business growth ah, and momentum. And nice. we started out super buttoned up. We've I've been working with commercial real estate developers for twenty five years. We do commercial real estate developers and banks, and then. Last year, we kind of took a left turn and we decided to take on the cannabis industry. So so weird, <laughs> so weird, yeah, but so it was cool. Something new. Like sometimes you just Good gotta you. totally, say, totally shake gotta it up. Do something new. Yo, I used to be yeah. an investment banker, a salesman on the J.P. Morgan trading floor. Yeah, and let me tell you, this is something new. This pays better, right? Way better. Of that was paying in the hundreds of thousands of dollars. This pays in the tens of dollars. That is that is great. Congratulations. That's a Lancey <laughs> Richardson joke. I cannot steal that joke. I have to give credit to a wonderful guy named Lancey Richardson, a.k.a. Lancey Joe. You can see him every Thursday night at Chicago Joe's, the comedy tub. I perform there sometimes. Awesome. Um, so cool. I can't wait to talk about all this cool stuff have you done awesome. that, that you've done. I, words aren't even coming out of my mouth correctly because I'm kind of sick, y'all. So please forgive me for that. Yeah. Cheers. 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 That's right. You almost didn't come on the show. You were feeling kind of woozy early in the I week. I was flat out for about seven days with the flu, but I'm back. Yeah, you look healthy. Yeah, I'm, I'm back to myself now. Damn. It's all good. Good, good. Uh, great. So um, we were talking about cannabis. What a great start to this thing. So um, let's talk a little bit about markets. And yeah. you, so you, you, you're in commercial real estate marketing. At least that's one of the things you yeah, do. Yeah, absolutely. Right. So, I mean, at some level... You're thinking about value, mm-hmm. like like real estate value. Yeah. So that's, I, th- I feel like a lot of what I think about when I think about any sort of asset. Right. right. So this week, if we talk about the markets, um, that asset continues to go up. I mean, yeah. actually, this week it was pretty much flat. It didn't go up or down. Uh, it's down a little bit today on Friday when we um, are taping here. Uh, but in the middle of the week, it was a little higher because the Federal Reserve cut their interest rate. Yeah, once again. Once again. They want to keep driving those rates lower. Um, and so uh, Trump immediately came out and just railed on Jerome Powell and the Federal Reserve. On being, Twitter, of course. On Twitter, yeah. Because <laughs> that's pick, where all serious business news should happen. Is on, on Twitter, Twitter, of course. That's where course. you get all your news is on Twitter. Yeah, I mean, done. Who, who needs actual places like the Wall Street Journal and things like that? We've got, we've got Trump's channel. Mm-hmm. He's, we've got Trump tweeting on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's a, a wonderful place for um, finding all sorts of garbage, I feel like. <laughs> Absolutely. It's like, Twitter is kind of like... It's got a little of everything. It's kind of like a landfill. Yeah. Right? It yeah. literally does have a little bit of everything. Yeah. yeah. And the uh, person overseeing the landfill does feel like our president. It really does. What would that be? The landfill overseer? I don't know. Foursquare used to have that thing where you could be mayor of someplace. What? And yeah, you could. It was. And I mean, I don't. That's think the only way you check in at so many places, right? Yeah, I don't think anyone really uses Foursquare anymore. <laughs> <laughs> no. um, they definitely didn't go IPO. It definitely. Yeah, it, it definitely was fun to be like, okay, of, of the three people who have checked in on this corner, I am the mayor. <laughs> I own this place. Oh, so like, like a bunch of people check in. Yeah. At um. And then you could Wendy's. Actually, yeah, it would actually send. You out become a tweet. the mayor. 
mayor of Wendy's. Right. And you could tweet about it and you could be like, okay, Twitterverse, I am the mayor of this Wendy's. And it's not even, yeah, it's not even Wendy's. It's the mayor of the Wendy's on, you know, Fullerton and Clybourne or whatever. Oh, yeah. And it's like, you know, completely 100% not legit at all. It's just a piece of software says you have checked in here the most. So you are the mayor. So and it's a lot easier than winning an election, definitely. With de Blasio and Buttigieg be running for president, I'm sure that, you know, if you're a four-square mayor, you should also be able to run for president at that point too, right? I mean, who needs actual, you know... Uh, credentials? Credentials, yeah. Well, I mean, I our think current president has a lot of them. Exactly. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> we have lowered the bar. Now, I think being mayor on four-square... Which I have to admit, I'm not sure still exists. It should definitely allow you to to run for president. I used to actually have Foursquare on my phone. Let's see yeah. if uh, iPhone did this whole, <laughs> you know, hey, we we doubt we. It's not even on there anymore. Yeah. What was Foursquare exactly? You you go to Wendy's and you check in. I'm at Wendy's, and then you hopefully yeah. do it a lot, and you might get a coupon or something. Yeah, you know, it's actually moved. There's geotagging on for that a lot of retailers use in their social media. That uh, Foursquare pioneered a lot of it, and I think just other platforms have taken over it. So okay, now so the predecessor. Yeah, exactly. The whole idea is that if you volunteer where you are, then people who want to sell you stuff can know. Okay, this is this is the foot traffic we got. We know these people are near by like now when you geotag that you're near someplace you will get a shower of coupons you are totally a marketing pro like, like what does geotag even mean <laughs> that's a great word do you it, know that word john not at all it's a uh, big brother is watching it's very ah, oh, okay. it, it basically means that based on a signal that your phone sends out that a bunch of retailers know exactly who you are, where you are, and probably what you might want to buy. So when you're using maps and it says where you're currently located, then just a bunch of third parties. There's a lot of people who know that. Yeah. 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 Now, if you're really good at your private settings in your phone, you can make sure that that stuff doesn't get out there. Right. I do understand that to be 99% of people do not do in their phones everything that they would want to do to protect their own privacy. And honestly, let's face it, sometimes the Big Brother stuff is convenient. You know, I definitely want a coupon if I'm walking by a Starbucks. It's like, Like, but hold on. Why not? Right. But it's like, it's like. It's your privacy. Like it's like yeah. it's yeah. like you changing in your bedroom but not closing the curtains. I kind of feel like that's maybe not exactly what it's like, but come on now. Like yeah. close the damn curtains. Actually, I mean what I think that's too extreme. And, no, it's true, but I mean we all have the ability to close those curtains, right? We just yeah. have to actually engage in the technology that we all carry don't around. Don't be lazy. Not all of not everyone wants to see you naked. Right. We <laughs> No, no, people. Right? Y'all, y'all don't want to <laughs> see me. That's a whole nother area of social media. We do social media for business. <laughs> um uh, all right, so um, all-time high, stocks, Federal Reserve, cut rates. Trump immediately was like, yo, you guys suck. You need to cut rates all the way down to zero. What this dude don't understand is like the Fed really doesn't have the firing power that it used to have. I mean, the Fed, yeah. in my opinion, how I always talk about it is like they're just pumping morphine into the economy when they lower interest rates. Morphine more, or, or better opioids yeah. using Oxycontin from Purdue. That's what the Federal Reserve does. Mm-hmm. Purdue Pharma, um, and so it's like, yo, like the co- the economy was already drugged up from uh, so many different interventions that they did years ago, yeah. and now they're trying to come back and intervene more and more and more. Do you guys like ever talk about this in the world of marketing for commercial real estate? So you know, a lot of times we put our clients who are you know the real thought leaders on this on TV to talk about it. So. 
Like, um, if we are representing a bank, then we might put the analysts on TV to talk about what effect the rates are going to have on the sector that they cover and things like that. So mm. a lot of times, you know, it, we won't be the ones talking about it. Like PR people like yeah, me, yeah. we're like usually the wizard behind the curtain. Yeah. We're kind of calling somebody and saying, hey, there's a Fed, you know, there's a Fed meeting coming up. Why don't we book you on, you know, CNBC, uh, on or, CNBC or Bloomberg or something like that? Because we know you're going to have an opinion. Whatever they do, you're going to have an opinion. So we'll book that ahead of time and then kind of talk to people and see it. then when it happens, like get their thinking on it. So I can't wait to talk to you in the second half of this podcast. Cause like, I'm wondering like, stay tuned everybody. <laughs> <laughs> like this is a business podcast. I'd be curious to hear what your opinion, what maybe we'll have you walk us through like a, a sample of what you could do for someone sure. on a market, on the marketing front. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that anyone listening who might want to possibly get a PR marketing firm down the road, they kind of know, or get you, who knows? There could be some <laughs> cannabis owners listening in right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, and maybe commercial real estate. We've had, a, we've had some commercial real estate people on this podcast before. So, yeah. We had, uh, we had Joey Cacciatore. We had uh, oh, another wonderful guy whose name is escaping me right now. Um, we had Danny Resco. Oh, you probably remember the Resco. Awesome, yeah. Right? Yeah. Resmar, does that ring a bell at all? They had totally. a big, right? He was yeah. on. Um, telling us his story and his dad's story. There are the great, one of the great things about commercial real estate is the characters. Like there are some, because totally. it, there's any, there, there is just such a great opportunity for entrepreneurs in commercial real estate and anywhere where an entrepreneur can, you know, go from, you know, pull up by their bootstraps and become a millionaire. You're going to have some really interesting personalities, right? Totally. And so it's, you know, when, if I look at like some of the people who, have become icons of the industry, like they're super entertaining. Like, Sam Zell. Oh yeah. It's like a bunch of Joe Pesci's just walking around, yeah. but they look a little different. If you had Sam Zell on this podcast, he'd like pull up in his motorcycle and, you know, probably talk to you a little bit about cannabis. Like who knows? <laughs> totally. Um, it, That's such a great point. I agree. Yeah. Like we just rattled off three names right there. Sam Zell, the Resgos, Catch Tories. Do you have you heard the Catch Tory name? I'm sure you have, right? I, I have. Yeah. The just, other thing is it's such a huge industry that there's people who are doing really significant things who don't even make the headlines because there are there is so much opportunity. You know, you can be an owner of like a significant multifamily portfolio, but you're not even going to make the threshold of, right. of like what the trade media and stuff are talking about because right. there is so much opportunity. So there's a lot of mid-sized businesses, a lot of opportunity for people to create their own wealth. And people listen here. You hear what just Margie just said? Like, yo, this is a great opportunity to like use the fact that interest rates are moving back towards all time effing lows. Yeah. This is unheard of. No one understands the history of America with interest rates. Like, this is this is like unprecedented that now we're going back is to these the time. Totally. Get that money. You want to borrow money for a yeah. good purpose like buying real estate. Um, do it now. This is the time. This is the yeah. time to jump into commercial real estate, private real estate, whatever real estate you want. Yeah, like it's a great time to borrow money. It really is. I think the one the one issue that people would have is that we're at the top of the market. We're all like, are we in a bubble? Sitting on that right. bubble, like you're talking about with the markets. So a lot of people they can borrow the money, but things are costing a lot. Like here's prices the thing. are high. Here's the thing, right? I think about this sometimes. Yeah. Here's the thing, the the way the government is set up in the United States of America, mm -hmm. um, Congress, the president. Supreme Court, they're all interested in one main thing. And I'm sad to say this, but you guys have heard, have you heard the term Allahu Akbar in Arabic? Of course, yeah. All right, God is greater, like Allahu Akbar. I've, I've coined a new term. 
Dollar who Akbar. Oh no. <laughs> yes. The dollar is greater than anything. Greater, that's our guy. And I feel like you see what with the vaping, like it's like if Tylenol was killing some people, for example, right? They like, would have taken it off happened. the shelf. Which yeah. happened, right? They take it off the shelf right away. Right. Vaping killing people. Uh, we will we propose a ban. Like what? Like what do you mean you propose a ban? People are dying out there, you know. Although I would say it's a spectrum, but it does support your theory that the dollar is, you know, kind of the oh, our, man. our collective national religion in some totally. way. Like we can we argue a lot about religion, but that is something that most <laughs> no of us one argues about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. So um, my my point with that yeah. is like I have no idea what my point is because I'm getting loopy right now. Yeah, but it was something about how. Um, money and the dollar is is what our main focus is. Oh, yeah. Congress will all agree on that. So if we get if we if our bubble bursts, which I expect it to at some point yeah. burst, and I have I have bubbles a feeling do. bubbles yeah. burst. They have that tendency to do. Yeah. Um, we'll talk about Saudi Arabia in a bit, and I think that could be a possible bursting. Mm. But um, um, when if and when they burst, Congress will all rally together and all pass shit quickly to like. Re, you know, reinvigorate the economy. You think so? I, I, like I've seen Congress it time agree on, like, and time. Ice cream is cold. <laughs> it's hard. This, to, it is. That's my point. So hard to pick up agreeing on this anything right now. This is the right only now. thing. The only thing yeah. that Democrats, Republicans, Independents are all like, oh, wait a minute. You're trying to tell me that Apple won't sell as many iPhones and that Wendy's won't sell as many French fries, yeah, yeah. and so on and so forth. And yeah. you know, uh, uh, the assistance to all the congressmen would be like yeah we're going down oh well we got to pass this bill let's you, i mean i would tarp love to see tarp is congress tarp, agree on something tarp is the best example right mm-hmm. you gotta remember mm-hmm. tarp at the time george bush economy going down uh why'd you go in 9-11 why did you go in uh weapons of mass destruction you're no one likes you george bush at the worst time george bush lowest rating they proposed the the trillion dollar troubled asset relief program right and it didn't pass the first time around the Dow drops 777 points. Yeah. Three days later, passes with, excuse me, <laughs> cough drop coming out. Yeah. Passes with <laughs> flying colors. Yeah, yeah. And I was standing on the trade floor looking at that. I'm like, yeah. now I get this country. Now, you know, we just, it was, it was the idea of too big to fail. Yes. Because right? those were all the, the largest banks who they, they exactly. did not want to take a risk that exactly. it could ha- what happened to Bear Stearns could happen again. And I think too big to fail can be, um, tr- Transposed? No, it can be extended mm-hmm. to the entire United States of America. We, they'll always see us as too big to fail. I mean, you could you could argue that we need to see people that way, not necessarily banks. <laughs> that you know that we okay. should be that uh, this generation, Gen Z, that's like coming into adulthood. That is Gen Z millennials. They're not. They're no. after millennials. After yeah. millennials. Yeah. So yeah. so G- millennials are nineteen eighty to two thousand approximately. So that would be someone who's 19 years old. So 18 and under is Gen Z. So Gen Z actually begins in 97. I think most people oh. are like beginning to was, agree on that. I was on the cusp. I was born in 96. Okay. So you're so. Gen Z. Or you're like one, oh, no, 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 no. The you're one year in. The last stand yeah, of the millennial yeah, generation. Yeah, the last. I am the final millennial. <laughs> the last <laughs> yeah. one. Yeah. Can you imagine being the, yeah, the last millennial You're the last millennial. I'm the last millennial. Officially so what does that mean? What is, uh, as the last millennial, what do you, what do you get? Like a t-shirt? or a prize or something. I think I just get uh, trillions of dollars of debt. That's, oh, yeah. That's yeah. Student debt. No, yeah, yeah. No I get all the student loan debt. Well, you know, we did say this is a great time to borrow money, but we weren't necessarily talking about student debt. Yeah, so. definitely not talking <laughs> about student debt. Man, that's not cool. So I do think they would agree on this. It is a great time to borrow money. And if you yeah. see your investment go down, um, 
oh, ye of little faith, have faith. The government will do everything it can to bail you. And guess what? Um, we're still at a point with our military that people will continue to lend to us as the greatest power on earth. They will. For a really, really, really low interest rate. Um, that's how the U.S. government currently is raising, is, is funding itself, is through really low uh, loans. We take yeah. we have a huge-ass American credit card that we are constantly charging on. Uh, so... Yeah, so markets are at their, their highs, close to their highs. The rate cut was delivered by the Fed. Trump's like, uh, no, you need to cut all the way to zero. I think he's on crack. I don't agree with him. You need to slow your roll, Donald, Donnie. And, um, we all have theories what's going on with him. Crack, probably one of the more. <laughs> he doesn't drink alcohol. I know. So it's, it's probably you think he smokes not crack? That, but, oh, who knows? He might be more saner if he did. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> who knows? I, I, uh, <laughs> did you say he might be saner? I did. I wasn't listening. <laughs> I, I did say that. Oh man. It's hard to imagine what might make him less sane or make him sound less crazy. So, you know, who knows what, what a little comical would do for him. Crazy. I try, and I try my best cause I'm, I, I'm not gonna lie. I'm kind of sick of like, like I, I, I lean left more than I lean right, but there's some things I agree with on the right, but in general, I lean left more than I lean right. All right. Mm-hmm. And, um, I try like I'm I'm kind of sick of the left, especially the far left, just like railing on him so much. It it gets so heavy. They yeah. rip and just rail on him and his admission. While I actually agree yeah. that a lot of the things he says and does are freaking wacky. Um, I'm like yo, I, I don't want to I don't want to hear about it 24 seven. I rather look at his yeah. policies and just disagree with that shit. You Actually, know? the left has given him more of a microphone than the right ever could have totally. done on their own. I'm totally. I'm a centrist as well, and when I see the number of you know of minutes and hours and days of airtime that the allegedly liberal media has given him, it is it's a gift. You know, they if without the cooperation from the left in letting him set the agenda, he would never have been taken seriously the way the way he is. Wow. So, or that's my opinion. You know, it's um, media relations is something we do at yeah, my firm. So and, you get it. And well, there's uh, actually a producer at one of the Fox channels, told one of the people who work for me. Fox Chicago or Fox National? It was it was nationally. It Fox was not, News. It was okay, not yeah. here in Chicago. Fox News. But um, it was one of their stations, one of the producers, and said, look, I just want to do you a favor because you've been coming to me with these pitches of really They were speaking stuff. to you? They were speaking to someone who works for me. Got it. And uh, they said, look, I just want to be candid with you. If your story... If you're pitched, you know what we should. They were saying, look, we have this client. He has a really cool thing to say. You know, let's get him onto one of the shows. They have a good relationship. And they said, look, I just got to be honest with you. If it doesn't either agree or disagree with the Trump agenda, I'm not interested because that's what's driving our ratings. <laughs> you and, either got to outright agree or disagree. Yeah. Oh yeah. man. So, and and a lot of the stuff that we were pitching at the time was not. It just wasn't related to it. It was financial. It was stories. So you respond of, with like, uh, this has nothing to do with Trump. Right. If you can't find an angle to make it do with Trump, yeah. then, that's no that shit. how to get hung up on by a broadcast producer. Wow, is say it has nothing to do with Trump. Wow, yeah. So Crazy. that was that was a pretty eye-opening moment. Yeah. You know, I think personally and professionally, it was like, okay, do we act on that? Do we tell our clients that they should be feels, talk, so feels doing so artificial, in authentic? Yeah, yeah. Damn. So, was, um, but again, I want to be clear. It wasn't. Story. It wasn't Fox News. The national. Fox News. It was one of the Fox affiliated broadcasts. I, I don't want to call anybody out. I agree. I don't want. It was do- a national Fox affiliated station. Yeah, I don't want to call that either. But yeah. tell us which one. 
All right, so um, so that's markets, uh, and yeah, I would recommend now is the time to to be borrowing to buy real estate. Especially the thing I love about real estate is, and I always say this on every podcast, you're 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 borrowing, especially if you can do like a three percent FHA loan. You're borrowing a hundred grand to buy a house. You only put three or four thousand down, but you have a hundred thousand dollar asset that you're hoping will go up. 5%, 10% 5%, 10% a year on a $100,000 value. It's like, yo, what other country can you do that in the world? Pretty much no other country. Yeah. I mean, Fantastic. I, I love the United States. I think we're still, you know, people, we have a lot of problems. We have a lot of yes. things that people complain about. But yes. we just have this wonderful economy where people really can go from nothing to being, you know, very wealthy. You know, the the interesting thing about our culture and our economy is it can go both ways. Yeah. Right? Like, we all have to be on our game. I see, wait, when you say both ways, I see the way you just described, which is like yeah. anyone could really come here, yeah. pull themselves up by the bootstraps, figure out some of the financial systems and the borrowings. Yeah. Um, and rags to riches. And like try and get rags American to riches. Story. And, and I, I truly believe that we still God bless that. my pops. We're Palestinian. Yeah. We came to this country. He, my favorite joke is he, he says, uh, I came to this country with nothing but the shirt on my back. Mm-hmm. And to the day this man passed away, may he rest in peace. Yeah. He wore no pants. What? Damn, it didn't work. <laughs> I think we were like, what? <laughs> dun, 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 dun. I was waiting for it. I think it was my delivery. But so, so, uh, and he and he did it. He figured it out. There's a whole lot of crazy yeah. shit that happened in between, but he figured it out. He figured it out. And, you know, and we're middle class, are. baby. Yeah. Middle class, you're a salesperson for JP Morgan. I what mean, does that make me? I don't know. You tell me. High class, bitches. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, you're right. It can go either way. I get. Oh, yeah. So okay, I get that way. The other so, way is you can get really poor. Yeah. Because that's what this country. A lot of this country you, is. You yeah. can. I mean, if you don't, if if you have a family that's not a good curator of their wealth, then it can absolutely. It may, it may take a generation it. or two. But I I will tell you, like my family in the early like 20th century, we were like the barons of industry. We no were the one percent. Yeah, my maiden name's Adams. Whoa. We were presidents. No shit. Yeah. You go back to James Adams. Uh. So. John Adams and John, John and John Quincy Adams. John, oh, I'm sorry, James, James Madison. I was thinking of so John yeah, yeah. Adams, John Quincy Adams. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they were your cousins. They were they were cousins <laughs> of my ancestor. Yeah, yeah. No shit. Yeah, I, I recently was uh, looking up the family tree and I descended from four guys named Eliashib Adams. I kid you not. I wait. Four guys named what? Eliashib. Eliah. Eliashib. Is that it's a like name? One name. One name? Yeah, Eliashib? It's, it's, I don't know. It's political. And you say you descended from four guys. You make it almost yeah. sound like, like there was like gay marriages happening senior. and you somehow descended from that. Uh, yeah, I don't think the early <laughs> that early. Yeah. Were gay marriage. Your family invented gay marriage. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> wow. Eliashib. Sounds yeah. very like almost like Quakery, maybe, you I know? Think, yeah, yeah. They were they were cool. they were the Puritans. They were and so they and your family so your family's been in this country for hundreds of years. Yeah, since the early sixteen hundreds. No shit. Yeah. And so <laughs> they were barons. I'm sorry. To and laugh and about yeah, this. and they were. At some point, it sounds like there's like a shitty story. No, it's it, it is a shitty story. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry. Both, no, it's true. But on both sides, one asshole family. ruined it for the rest of us. <laughs> well, it takes was, more than one asshole. It was Eliashib Junior. <laughs> yeah, the third out of four of those <laughs> damned Eliashibs. <laughs> so what happened? Wait, let's hear the story. Do you know the story? You know, it, it's what happens is over time. And because like we work in in my business, we work with a lot of wealth managers and it's easy. It's easy to say, oh, OK, like, you know, 
careful investing and take your family wealth. But when you look at like very wealthy family, like, oh yeah, like, like that wealth's ever going to go away. Like you can't go through that in a lifetime. And in some families you (laughs) You can, can. but you can, if there's like three or four lifetimes, if you have three or four generations of people who decide to be kind of like loser alcoholics, like eventually they're going to, it's going to go away. Eventually they'll have to sell off the real estate and you know, it it, it does run out eventually. You got to pay your dealer back somehow. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> no, it's true. So there's. I, I so at some point, the Adamses or or Eliashibs owned. A, they, they had a lot of <laughs> the political Eliashib connections. Adamses, the Eliashib exactly. Adams. They had a lot of political power, which I can imagine helped them kind of like amass assets and things like that. Exactly. They're well connected. They're, yeah. They know what's going on in the world. Yeah. And then that gets collected, and then it gets passed down, mm-hmm. and you hit one kid who's like. I just got, I'm entitled. I just got all this shit. And the dad or mom did not teach him how to be like right. the value of a dollar right. and all this stuff. Yeah. And then he yeah. just blows through it yeah, all. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to call out any specific people in my family tree. <clears throat> but like there, <laughs> there's a couple people I can, I can just look at and be like, you know what? They, they hung out. They went to a lot of parties. Oh, really? you know? <laughs> there's some good stories from that, but you know, they, they not sh- a lot. shouldn't have been worth a billion dollars of stories. Yeah. Though. Yeah. Not, not a lot left over for the great grandkids. <laughs> Damn, that's amazing that you know all this. I, okay. I've looked at it. I want to hear so much more about this. That's great. I guess as a Muslim Palestinian who just came to this country, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like, like that's all. I think I think we hear about like old money in America, right? Yeah. And um, and so uh, I never thought like I'd come across people like that. There was one time I swear to you, I was at an Obama fundraiser. Yeah. And. Uh, do you guys like you guys over at Henry Count, Henry Crown Center? The Robert Crown, Robert Crown Center? Is that yeah, it? Yeah. Yeah. The, well, that's the Crown family. They named it the Robert because they paid for that. And right. so the Crown family is a big family. Yeah. In in Chicago, right? Yeah, they're huge. Evanston. Mm-hmm. Oh, Maddie knows her they shit. Own, they own the clock tower on Northwestern's campus as well. They own the clock they tower. Own a shit ton of stuff. Right. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I meet like the grandfather like the big dog the big swing in crown dick you know what i'm saying (laughs) okay and i forget i think it's lester sounds like an interesting meeting i don't know (laughs) i want to say it's lester and i i had a friend i had a friend uh who was super tight with obama he was his main biggest one of his biggest fundraisers he got me into like i wasn't at the regular fundraiser i was at like the private thing beforehand Uh, yeah you know where you're just rubbing shoulders right i was like whoa man i've arrived bitches you know and the little, vip fundraiser yeah. little did i know i was 27 i had my head up my ass but hey i thought i was big shit back then so anyway and i'm like who's this guy i look at his tag i'm like lester crown that sounds rich i'm like let me just go up and talk to this dude and yeah. so i i introduce myself or i shake his hands like hey. he looks at my name tag uh-huh. right and i'm like my name is amr abdullah and he's like oh where are you from i'm like i'm palestinian i i don't know if he's jewish or if he's a zionist or what he's just like oh okay and and he stops looking at me. He didn't he didn't move away. He just stops oh, looking at me. And I'm That's like terrible. I'm like, who am I in this conversation still? I just keep I keep talking yeah. to someone who's not looking at me, but he's standing there. Okay. And I'm like, yo, I think this is one of those old money people that is just like, I got no time for this dude. Oh wow. And I eventually like had to wrap up That's the conversation cool. and just walk away from this dude. I was like, this is weird. Yeah. You yeah. know, that, so I mean, he, that happens. He still talked to you, but he, he wasn't present. He was he there was physically. Like checked out. Oh, okay. He kept like looking around. I think he was looking for a bomber or something. I don't know. He was looking for someone else to talk to. Yeah, let me find a non-Palestinian. Is what I was making up in my head. Oh, okay. As a Palestinian, we get insecure about all that kind of shit. You know, it happens though. Like yep. people do that. Yep. Um, so, uh, 
So that's markets and this government. Uh, I think trying to do everything they can to revive revive the economy if shit were to hit the fan. So uh, I think you can feel okay. Let's let's quickly move on to the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia. I don't think people hey. appreciate the fact that we were almost in a war this week. Yeah, it's it's probably not getting the press that it should. No, like, it is not. That was a close call. I mean, it's, this this is the first time I'm hearing it. So no shit. See, there you go. Yeah. There you go. The last millennial, first time you're hearing it. Yep. <laughs> um, so, yo, I, I mean, an act of war occurred, in yeah. my honest opinion, on the country of Saudi Arabia. Right. Uh, supposedly, it's Iran. Iran sent uh, many drones into Saudi Arabia. Those drones then sent missiles into uh, large parts of Aramco, which is Saudi's... Um, oil big oil company right which they're trying to go public in the next 12 months we've talked about on this podcast before do you remember john aramco uh, trying to go public yeah i remember you saying ramco <laughs> <laughs> and that ladies and gentlemen is the last millennial <laughs> we have a bright future ahead of us people i remember you saying he didn't, he's like i remember you saying ramco i'm like what is ramco is that like you know like the, the new version of rambo yeah. <laughs> ramco is a Ramco. Um, Ramco does not exist, at least in this podcast today. But um, I'm glad you remember the, the name. Um, and so, yeah. So half of Saudi's oil-producing facility destroyed. <laughs> destroyed through missiles. Under any other circumstance, any other year, maybe like five, seven years ago, we would, we would be marching in there the way we marched into Kuwait to push back Saddam Hussein, right? Mm -hmm. Saddam Hussein, Kuwait is way smaller of an oil supplier to the world than Saudi. Yeah. Way smaller. Yeah. But uh, but we marched right into, Saddam, into Kuwait and just, you know, Operation Desert Storm, you know? Mm -hmm. um, here, we did nothing. Uh, in fact, <laughs> Trump's first response was like, uh, we're locked and loaded. And then his second tweet was, um, we're waiting on the Saudi Arabia to tell us who to hit. And the third tweet was, we're waiting on Saudi Arabia to tell us what to do. And it's like, dude, what, what's going on? Like, I, I, are, are you not America, the most powerful country in the world? Like, dude, you sound like from a, you're operating from a place of weakness. And so when I heard that, I'm like, whoa, we're not going to war. Yeah. We are not. The moment he said that, like locked and loaded, I was like, okay, we're going to war. This is not a surprise. And I hope everyone's ready because this is coming out of left field. And that wasn't coming out of left field, but it's like it's going to surprise people. And, and then we didn't go to war. Well, I think what's interesting is that we're not as reliant on foreign oil as we used to be. That's you know, there was a time when if half of Saudi Arabia's oil capacity was knocked out, like that would immediately have an effect at the pump for like families in America. And it would, you know, it'd be like an immediate effect. But we're not in that place anymore. Like we've yeah. got a very different energy mix than we used Very to. different. So I think that it's actually, a whole different conversation. That's half the story, in my opinion. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's not but the whole story. Maybe that's all, actually, maybe that's 70%. Yeah. Here's the other 30%. All right. So... Um, Iran as a country is nothing to sneeze at um, they have the strongest military in the Middle East way stronger than Saudis and um, the fact is what am I trying to say here Iran if they wanted to in my opinion could wreak some real damage on the Middle East Mm -hmm. All right. And I think it would be very difficult for um, the U.S. to protect all of the Middle East in that way. In fact, I don't think they could. 
Um, so let me tell you what I mean. So um, if the U.S. would have immediately responded with hitting Iranian targets, Iran, I think, is kind of like the Japanese kamikaze type of mentality and culture. They'll just start. They'll just start. You know, all out firing missiles and you know fighter jets and everything. They would go straight. You know, attacking Riyadh, they would attack Dubai, they'd probably attack Abu Dhabi. All of these oil-centric Kuwait, they'd probably just start attacking uh, American troops in Afghanistan. They just start sending stuff that way because they're right there in the middle of all that. Um, and so I think, I think what's actually happening here is so that's part of it is okay. is okay. the the we have a, di- a, a different oil mix, but the other part of it is I think Trump has stepped in has removed this pact, this 2015 nuclear pact we had with them. Mm-hmm. And so um, Iran is now poking at the bear. Poking, poking, poking. Mm-hmm. Because I don't know if you guys remember, but this there's a pattern here. Uh, about six weeks ago, a ship was blown up in the Gulf. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A few weeks later, another ship was blown up. Kind of like a poke, poke, poke. Another, yeah. another couple weeks later... Yeah. That was May and June. And then in July, I believe, um, two months ago, um, an American drone was shot down by Iran. You know, what's interesting about the whole situation is that we do, we have someone who is a business leader in the White House. Yeah. Right? I mean, if you take a step back from the whole thing, he is, has zero foreign policy experience, Correct. zero public sector experience. It's all about business for him. And so at the end of the day, it probably it never makes business sense to really to blow shit up. Really, mm. you know, I mean, there might be some exceptions to that rule. I got gotcha. you. But I think that, um, you know, his decision making people, I find it interesting when people in the media try to analyze, like, what's Trump going to do? <laughs> like, how the heck does anybody know what Trump's right. going to do? But, um, you know, he, it really can't be analyzed using traditional methods because mm. he's not like any president we've ever had before. Right. And so, you know. Uh, we're going to have to look at that differently and assess, you know, if if Iran does keep poking and keep doing this, like, how will our government how respond? Will, I we think it's Nobody clear. knows. I, well, at you this point, know. it became clear to me why. Because, and I'm trying to make my point, I'm, I'm having trouble making it because I'm, I'm a little sick, but yeah. I think what happened is we started putting all this pressure on Iran. We backed out of this nuclear pact. We started putting all this pressure on Iran. Yeah, so they're and then lashing they start, out. And then, it, yeah, they're, they're starting to get economically squeezed, and they're like, yeah, we're not going to die, so we're going to start poking at the bear and see what happens. Yeah. Maybe, they'll let up, maybe they'll take their foot off our neck. So they poke at the bear with the ship. They poke at the bear with the second ship. They poke at the bear by shooting down the USA drone. Right. And, and then here we go. They finally blow up half of Aramco. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty. It's pretty big poke. Pretty big poke, right? Yeah. And look, four in a row, we've done nothing. You know why? Because I think we know. Oh shit, we've pissed these guys off, and if we really piss them off more now, they're gonna just start attacking Dubai, Riyadh. They're gonna just attack everywhere, and just it'll be freaking mayhem in the Middle East. It will be so ugly, and then Trump will be like, "Oops, maybe I should have stayed in that nuclear pact." So they they can't really. They can't, I think, look, Saudi Arabia just last year bought $150 billion in military equipment. Right. Fighter jets. Why aren't they using that to fight back right now? They just got attacked. It was an act of war. They're just sitting on their hands. They spend a lot of money on that Mm -hmm. stuff. Right? So I think they all know, like, okay, we'd get destroyed by Iran. America's not willing to step up. So all of this is to say, um, 
part of part of the reason we're not fighting back is because oil has changed. The dynamic around oil has changed, and we can right. do shale now. We can, you know, we can refine shale. Yeah. Uh, but the other part, I think, is if we were to attack them right now, mm-hmm. they would go balls out and just start attacking the whole Middle East. Yeah. Why not? Because their economy is just completely strangled right now. Don't they also have nuclear arms? They're, they, I believe, they have some advanced. Uh, technologies around nuclear arms, but they don't have full nuclear arms. Yeah. They're working on it. That's okay. the big debate. Some people think they're hiding them and that they have them. Right. Most people think they don't really have them, but they almost have them. Correct. You know, that's the thing about this whole situation, I think, is that the one thing we can all be certain of is that we don't have the whole story. You yeah. Know, whether that's it's sure. whether they have nuclear, whether Correct. why Saudi Arabia is doing whatever Saudi Arabia wants to do. You know, we haven't even brought up what they've been doing with Yemen, yep. you know, the humanitarian crisis there. And this was all related to that war. Yep. So that we really, as a country, don't have, you know, we shouldn't have a horse at that race that isn't, yep. you know, other than, you know, caring about the humanity that's being correct you know that, that's being unfortunately affected. yes yeah so you know we don't we don't know what's going on yeah there. we don't have the full story yeah. well, we, we do know that four things that america slash saudi have been attacked four times yeah and we've done nothing that about we it we've right. done no- and the biggest one was it just happened the ramp goes now half down yeah global oil the oil oil jumped 20 percent. it's back down a little bit it's probably only still up around 10 percent. i think yeah so here's my call i don't think iran's gonna stop no. We just now put sanctions. So our here's our response. Trump today put sanctions on the National Bank of Iran, right, to try and squeeze them more economically. What do you think Iran's going to do? Why would they stop doing the shit that they've been doing? So they're just going to keep doing some more shit. I, I mean, Saudi hasn't done anything. USA hasn't responded. It's until I think all this is like planting seeds so that if Democrats do win, we would just go in and just negotiate something with them. So that all this would stop. It's a long way away, man. Like, yeah, we, <laughs> it is. The 2020 election is still quite a ways away. If Iran does what I believe they're going to do, which is continue to attack oil because they can't sell their own oil. Yeah. I think my big call is buy oil, baby. Uh, if you got some cash in your stash and you want to buy some stuff, buy oil. I could see hypothetically oil going back up to a hundred dollars. That could $100 be a barrel. Can you believe that? You're, That's, you're going for that. You're I mean, we're going to get there again. I mean, I think it's a little bit, uh, uh, uh I'm, I think I'm trying to, um, be a little aggressive with that call. Uh-huh. And there's been four major things that have happened on the oil vessels or on Aramco in since May. So four months. So we're due for next one, next month. And the month after, and the month after, Iran is probably really suffering right now. So they're like, "No, we're gonna like do something." So yeah, I, I think if 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 they would have if Iran if the Saudi and the U.S. would have fought back, I would have been like, "Okay, we're gonna be able to keep prices a little bit lower." Yeah, maybe not. I don't know, but I think all this is just very very dangerous for the price of oil and could go higher well, which be could be very hurt. interesting in the in all of the markets affected by oil right? all of them that's what i'm saying it's not just a jump if that's something that's going to be extended that exactly. prices are going to go back there and maintain again i mean that opens up a lot of things huge huge so that's what i'm saying we're trying to cut rates we're trying to do all the stuff uh if oil goes back to 75 or 100 dollars a barrel i mean we're at 65 so it goes up 35 more dollars mm-hmm. um that is a bubble burster people <laughs> Last but not least, right? Last but not least, let's go on to vaping. 
Um, so uh, Walmart announced just a few hours ago. I wondered how you're going to transition that, like going from the the oil fields of Saudi Arabia <laughs> to our vaping crisis in the U.S. This is called professional <laughs> podcasting, Margie Sweeney. Right? Okay, they're they're both oil. That's where we're going for. You're right. That's a great transition <laughs> from, from from petroleum oil to cannabis oil. Here, let's do this. Speaking of, yes, I I, I learned this from a toxic tart lawyer. No, toxic tort lawyer. <laughs> That was Toxic me being tart. tart. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like a jewel flavor. It really yeah. does, doesn't it? It's, yeah. it's sweet tart, smoking sweet tarts in yeah. a jewel. The sweet tart vape pen, not at all marketed to children. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that would be amazing. Um, a toxic tort lawyer, and I learned from them that um, there is no oil that if you vaporize it, it will not act as a clog to your capillaries and your alveoli in your lungs. Your lungs are like a filter, and if you try and burn macadamia oil or cannabis oil, whatever oil you want to vaporize and inhale, it will impact your lungs. So it, it's interesting. Hey, this, almost, almost so like, many different theories. Almost like this. it's a filter. Your yeah. lungs are a filter, and you try and no, paint I, I epoxy on yeah. it. You know, it's it's funny. There are you know there are people whose opinions I, I respect and I trust who are on so many different sides of this. Mm. You know, and I think earlier you were talking about the almighty dollar and I find it hard to believe that like everyone is so motivated by the dollar that they would be, you know, giving out and selling vape pens that they know are going to have, you know, possibly toxic and definitely fatal effects on people. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't think anyone's intentionally doing that. Yeah. Uh, I don't, it, these are three or these are, I mean, we're only getting deaths right now after three or four years. So right. it's, it's, and I, I don't think, think, I just don't think it's been studied. Well, it hasn't because it's been illegal to study. So this is where our federal government has done such a huge disservice. And Wait, having, vaping has been illegal to study. So um, cannabis vaping has Got been it. illegal to study because it has it has been you know illegal. Uh, Illegal. So there's there's this incredible lack of research and lack of true information. And even I would say, you know, if you if you want to include e-cigarettes and tobacco vaping in it, you also have a research universe that's so influenced by the large tobacco companies that I don't think we can say that there's unbiased research out there on any of this. You know, I, I think that. Everyone claims to know, you know, to have a definite opinion and that they have all these facts. Well, no one has all of the right facts on this topic. And so everyone needs to make inform- as informed a decision as they can, understanding that no one opinion is 100% as informed as it should be. Mm. You know, so everyone's got to make the right decision for themselves. But there's definitely, like, if you look at the vaping products out there, and this is, we've, we've learned a lot about this as we've, um, you know, gotten our business into the cannabis space, there there are there are cannabis oils that are made in facilities that are clean rooms and that are pharmaceutical grade that really care about you know growing. super sterile oh yeah and not only that but that uses cannabis um, that has been grown to organic standards you can't actually get organic certified because it's federally illegal <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of a, a circular thing almost but, organic yeah or, or sometimes probably to higher standards than organic would oh, be wow. but you just can't get that certification mm. so there are you know there are companies that are making incredibly pure cannabis oil and making and and who are extremely dedicated to organic standards and that know that there's so many health and wellness benefits to cannabis that can be that can be promoted and that really can be derived 
and I don't, these people are passionate. Like if, if you want like people who are passionate about their products, look to the cannabis industry because people have had their lives transformed, mm. you know, and people have been able to control conditions like seizures and anxiety that wow. no other, no other medication works for them. And yeah. tons of people have actually been, um, you know, have sort of been reversed out of the opioid cycle by being mm. able to use cannabis products. And, you know, when this vaping issue is, is real and people have to pay attention to it. I mean, because if people are using cannabis and vaping and it does turn out that there's something inherent to the act of vaping that it could be potentially fatal, then, I mean, it's going to have to be regulated and, and stopped. Course. But I don't think we've gotten to the point where they have said that the like what the lawyer that you're talking about like that's a pretty extreme position that any type of vaping is is doing yeah. something harmful vaporizing heating up and vaporizing any oil mm-hmm. will will um coat your lungs in a way that it'll negative major negative impact and and not everyone agrees with that statement i Got don't it. think and so there's like i said there's a lot of people in, in a lot in of this stuff industry, going on I mean, right. a lot of industries who will you know if you say something with authority <laughs> then it must be true right um we haven't gotten those uh unbiased research right conclusions you're saying yeah I, you haven't seen them and you're right I, oh, I haven't read about them necessarily either there are scientists at so many universities just like who are who really want to study this who really want to do this but they've they, they want to do it legally correct and it's been it, they're starting to like there's a lot because some research. states now it's legal yeah it, it's you know the markets are mature enough in california and colorado and washington and oregon that right. they're starting to have more studies but these things take so much time yep Yep. That it's really just begin, you know, this body of research is really just beginning. Okay, and you're you're basically yeah. saying, hey, let's let's tease out and split out um, vaping in general, yeah. vaporizing oil, and and before we say hey, all vaporizing oil is is bad, bad. You're saying let's split that out from, hey, maybe there's some bad players out there, and yeah. they could be causing this damage. Well, I mean, I think it's common sense that if you have a choice, if if you're if you're looking at a vaping product that is clearly being marketed to children and has all kinds of chemicals in it and is, you know, is a very socially unresponsible product in so many ways, then that needs something that there's something wrong about that. And you probably shouldn't put it in your body. Mm. You know, let's just talk about individual choice. And, um, but if you have something that's grown to organic standards and is a pure oil and it doesn't have, you know, chemicals in it, like, um, PEG is is a common chemical added to vape pens, and if and many vape pens will say we do not add PEG to our vape pens. Mm. All of our materials are, are organic. And in when you have that situation, you know which there's a spectrum. Is I yeah. guess is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. so there's you know I one comparison I've heard with the movement that's being made to like let's make sure to get all these jewel pens off the shelves and things like that like we live in a capitalist society and we can't just jump to regulating everything that could be bad for people you know we we don't regulate a lot of things that are bad for yeah. people so I think there there needs to be some measured discussion about this mm. and also you know, let's really, let's use the laws and regulations that we have. You know, these things should not be marketed to kids. And clearly there are cases where they have been. Are, yeah, so this absolutely. is where, so this is where you come in, right? Common I, sense. I've, I've got so many thoughts yeah. to ask you, but like the first one is this, before we get to the kids marketing part, Yeah, yeah. Um, this should hypothetically be a boon for you as a PR marketing person. Cause a lot of these, I mean, I, I thought maybe you're just focusing on regular, um, 
cannabis, like marijuana buds. Mm-hmm. Um, but it sounds like some of your clients may also be uh, oh, absolutely. oil. Yeah, I mean, the more sophisticated cannabis companies have a full spectrum of products. They have, they have edibles, they will have, right. you know, they'll have inhalants, they'll have edibles, and they will, you know, there are a lot of different ways, and, and topicals is the other major category, right. so right. lotions and things like that. Right, so um, has this been a boon for you, where you have to be, like, going out to your bigger, bigger cannabis clients and being like, hey, you guys need to respond to what's happening out there in the world, or has this been like uh, it's just one oh, the of big, the of the options you guys sell? Don't worry all, about. This. I would never consider something where people have died to be a boon to us. Like ever. oh, good point. Know, I, I, I guess what would, I mean, not I boon. I wouldn't look at that in, in that way. But I mean, I, what I guess I don't mean yeah, boon. I don't. I mean yeah. boon and like. I do mean boon. Boon meaning like you you need to res- like you guys gotta, need to respond. Yeah. You need to respond to what's happening out there in the world. You can't just sit on your hands. Yeah. Um, whether it's hey we agree that so, this is bad, so we've pulled our products. You might oh, you might it's say absolutely, that. it's an issue that anybody in the cannabis industry should be responding to and talking about their products and and being authentic and honest about right. what they're selling. So, so you, have you stage, have you been doing that? Yeah, with? we've been giving people that advice. Okay. Absolutely. Any any client that we're working with, it should have an should have a point of view on this right and they should be and they should be being candid with their clients about what they do and if they don't know the answers they should say we're studying this we're looking at this and we're not ignoring it right that's what i meant and, so, if, and if there's any question that a product that a company is selling could be killing people then you know they need to be looking marks, red flag hard at yes that. yes yeah and i mean but like everything i I don't personally agree with the idea that regulation is the answer to everything. You know, this is already a space that because the product has been traditionally illegal, there are all kinds of super wacky regulations in it. And, you know, and I think that there's enough regulation already in place that isn't being enforced, that enforcement is actually a huge way that this can be you know, that the vaping crisis can be combated because, yep. you know, you aren't, I mean, I want to go to the place where we're talking about marketing to kids. You know, there are companies that have absolutely been marketing to people who are under 21. Let's take the biggest 18. one, Jewel. Yeah. yeah. You, I mean, you have experienced that? To, I don't watch my, much of the marketing. In my have... opinion. Um, Give us an example. Uh, they're, they're fruit flavored pens, Mango. for example. Yeah, that that's clearly everyone I bump down the street and they want me to smoke their USB stick. Like, yeah, it's mango. I'm like, why does everyone love mango so much? <laughs> yeah, I can't explain the mango. <laughs> <laughs> in season, I, I, baby, I don't in have season. An answer for you there. So you're saying the yeah, fruit flavors but... alone is and marketing to kids? You know what? And there's any good lawyer, any good marketer could say, well, adults like fruit too, you know. But it is there's been a lot of marketing studies that show if you're trying to kind of take the edge off the the taste of tobacco or the taste of cannabis, and you do it with fruit flavors and sweet flavors, you know that that's that's a way to get children into and and you know if you're under 18, you're a child, you know. I mean, teenagers. Don't like to hear that. Definitely right. 16, 17 year olds really hate hearing that. That's why that. they want to vape. They want to feel older. But when it comes to regulations, you know, you are not supposed to be marketing to that set. And that is bringing people in. That is, you know. Really? Saying, okay. So you yeah. take a pretty. Oh, this is, this it is was, easier. It was I, ambiguous pretty, to me. I was like, I mean, there's fruit, fla- fruit flavored everything. Why can't there be fruit flavored uh, vapes? It's because it makes it better tasting and kind of draws people in at a younger age. And mm. and most of the research on all of this stuff says that it, it the effects that any given chemical um, or plant has on a body, like cannabis is not cool for, you know, it, to be used recreationally by, by people who are under 
18. Right. Like that makes sense. It'll impact no, your brain development and things it, like that. Because exactly. you're still developing. It's, it's bad news. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, there's there's people who would argue again, that. And there's definitely exceptions to that. For example, it can be used as medicine for um, kids who have seizures. Sure. And under close doctor supervision. Right. Like, like, like regular medicine. Like exactly. regular medicine. But just like for teenagers smoking weed, that is 100% bad for their mental yeah. development. And, yeah. and, and like the jewel pens, it's there is nothing good about that for a body that is still developing. The mm. res- and what research we have, which is imperfect, but it, it's abundantly clear, common sense and research-wise, that companies should not be marketing to that. And there are regulations that say that they can't, and they just need to be enforced. And we don't, as you know, as a culture, I think on this topic and probably some others, we don't enforce the laws that we have. And so we don't need more laws. We need to enforce what is already there. I.e. don't be smoking under 18 and enforce those damn yeah, laws. Yeah. And that's how you'll stop a lot now, of this vaping bullshit. Right. I mean, I'm not a Pollyanna. I know that the cannabis that companies sell legally to adults, some of it winds up in kids' hands. Just like alcohol. It, right. Right. But that doesn't mean it, that something should be literally packaged and designed and psychologically engineered to be of interest to a 16 year old or it looks like a usb stick man that's a technology world like yeah, i love that <laughs> okay yeah. so i got you so you're saying hey uh, jury's still out in your mind about um is all vaping bad you're like come on i haven't i haven't seen the research yet and you're saying uh, you are talking to your clients and you're saying hey you guys need to respond on yeah. this here's what i suggest you say be authentic Say right. things like, hey, this is a big deal to us. If it really is hurting, we want to know. And sure. we're, we're figuring out the answers. And, and, then I'm, finally, not a, and I'm not an expert. Like, you're, there, right. there Well, you're an expert scientists. in marketing and PR. And so you know yeah. how to deliver the message. I, I'm, I'm an expert on delivering messages on what you should do with your business to what you should be addressing, what you shouldn't be addressing. Right. But you also... Like, and how I think, to address. Yeah, everyone needs to be real about the fact that they don't have the answers on certain things. But right. I, I, I'm a huge believer in authenticity and business leadership. And that's in times, whenever there's a time of crisis, whenever there is something that is confusing or potentially harmful that's when you need to be at your most authentic yes. in my opinion yeah because yeah because there's so much uncertainty in that moment Absolutely. just be real yeah because you don't know what the f's about to come down the pike right Philippi- i mean we and- worked with banks during the financial crisis and oh. it was be honest like and nobody wanted to be nobody wanted to make statements you remember it's the tarp days totally right and nobody wanted to talk about like the poison in their portfolio and things like that because <laughs> boy it was there you wait so wait <laughs> Yeah, that was like eight, nine years ago. Eight years ago, Ten shit. Years ago Ten now, years ago. Really, so yeah. you were just starting in this business, right? Well, I've been doing PR in the sector for 25 years. I'm sorry. Okay, so, I misunderstood you. Okay. Yeah, no, I, I've been wow. I've been doing what I do since the 90s. So. No shit. And then, yeah, it was hard for them to be real, right? <laughs> oh, absolutely. Who wants to talk about that? I agree. <laughs> you know, you, you bless you. Thank you. Oh, yeah, I was waiting for one of those to come. But it's when, when the going gets tough is when authentic leadership is most important. Yeah. And and authentic leadership means authentic communication. And sometimes it means saying, I don't know. We don't know the answer that to That could this. be the most so real thing to say. This is We're trying to be responsible. We care about the lives and health of our customers. So this is what we're doing. Right. And that's all anybody can expect. And the third thing you concluding is, yes, I do believe Jewel and others are marketing to kids. This whole fruit thing is yeah, totally so. packaged. I've seen a lot of packaging, and I think this is what it's being geared towards. Yeah. That needs to end. Cool. I like that. that. That's my point of view. Um, so I, one, the only market thing I'll say confidently is Altria was trying to merge with Philip Morris because big tobacco has been hurt by vaping, right? All these uh, people are smoking less cigarettes and they're hitting more vape pens. Um, and so uh, Altria was trying to merge with Philip Morris. They can probably push that through in the Trump administration. However, 
it all feels shaky now. So if you were hoping for an Altria Philip Morris merger, that probably is not going to happen. Um, well, they already have their fingers in the cannabis industry, so I don't think anyone needs to worry about Altria. They're going to do just fine. Oh, Altria does have, yeah, they probably bought some sort of cannabis right. maker, right? Yeah. They also they bought 35% or 30% of, of Juul, and that is actually where the hit's going to be. They're probably going to get sued in a huge way and have to deal with that. Well, and if they've been consciously marketing to kids, then that's that's why we have a justice system. That's, that's why people are able to do that. Like, totally. Logical consequence of their actions. That was the markets and the Fed rate cut. That was Saudi, Iran. I told you about oil. Watch out for that stuff going 100. And vaping. Yo, you learn more about vaping than you ever thought you'd know. So uh, that was it. And I told you all Margie knows her stuff. Make sure you tune in on Wednesday, episode 66, where we head up in greater detail all the crazier stuff that Margie does. Uh, she's a PR gangster. She knows her stuff. She will help you make some cheddar. She knows all the secrets. Tune in. Peace.